Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. I'm Scott and here with my wife, Becky. Hi, everyone. We're so excited for today's special guest. He's a speaker friend of ours through the Mountain West chapter of the National Speakers Association. And, and it's too bad that he's on audio and, and not people to be able to see him because if they were able to see our guest, you would swear you were talking to Tom Hanks. But it's not Tom. It's even better. It's our old buddy and friend, Steve Weber. Uh, Steve has been a Tom Hanks Forrest Gump lookalike for 35 years. And, and I'll bet you he's got some pretty funny stories to tell. About that. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm and sure he all, does. Yeah, and then you know, he'll probably use that line as well. For, for 15 years, Steve was the Forrest Gump impersonator for Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. You know, which that is one of my very favorite places to eat. You love seafood. I do. And, uh, but just to get back to Steve, Steve has appeared on hundreds of radio shows and TV shows, has been photographed literally millions of times. Life has been better than a box of chocolates for Steve since the movie's 1994 release. And you know, Steve lives on a 100-year-old farmhouse on five acres in Hamilton, Montana. We have a lot in common, Steve, because I'm originally from Montana and I lived on a farm. And thank you for taking time out of your busy speaking schedule to be with us today. Welcome, Heck Steve yeah. Weber. Welcome, buddy. Thank you. Uh, one of the lines from the movie that was cut was, life in 22 minutes is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. But <laughs> nobody knew what life in 22 minutes was back then. So the director said, well, that doesn't make any sense. So let's try the chocolate line instead. <laughs> oh, man. It's true. They did cut that. It's on the... It's on the scrap room floor, yeah. Scott, just to test your uh, addition, how many years ago was it when uh, the movie came out in 1994? Don't ever ask me math questions. Um, 22. Wow. So 22 years ago for Halloween, I was uh, Forrest Gump. That how, that's how the, the Gump costume first came into being. But for, uh, gosh, 15, 13 years before that, people started saying, hey, you look like the guy from Bosom Buddies. And nobody knew what his name was. And if you remember the show Bosom Buddies, it was about two guys. Tom Hanks was one and, and the other guy. And they were living in a woman's housing apartment because they couldn't afford a regular place to live. So they would dress up and drag and, and go in and out of their apartment building. And it's a good thing I didn't look like the other guy because I wouldn't have had a career. Um, That's right. No, guy's name was. I do remember I that do, show. I do remember that show as well. And then as time went on, I said, has anybody ever told you you look like Tom Hanks? This is all through the late 80s and 90s. Around 1990, his career really started taking off, and, and then he had the back-to-back -back Academy Awards for um, Philadelphia and uh, Forrest Gump. And so at that point, it was just one of those things that I there was no turning back. And then in 1996, when the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company opened up, I was in San Jose, and the first restaurant was in Monterey. And it was like a moment where you go, I have to go do this. It wasn't like I planned to do it. It wasn't I had an intention to do it. 
it was like for 15 years, people have been saying, uh, do you know who you look like? Have you ever thought of making any money off of it? And so here was suddenly a money-making opportunity, and I went down, and they hired me, and I worked for them for 15 years. So I opened 22 restaurants in the United States and eight international locations. So it's just a, a wonderful experience. That's amazing. That, that is so cool. And I've got to ask you this because I've seen you in your uh, in your Bubba Gump costume forest, your forest, forest gump. gump i mean costume you've got the you've got the jacket you've got even all the way down to the nike cortez shoes so how do you find these nike cortez shoes do you have several the, of them there's uh, i have a uh, in, in a spare bedroom i have uh, about eight suits lined up and 15 shirts lined up and uh, and uh, several pairs of old sneakers at the bottom of the closet that that don't get worn anymore so uh, uh yeah i've gone through four pairs over the years and it's just one of those things that you you just sort of come by it you, once you have your eye open for it and now they're actually remaking the nike cortez so that my guess sense. scott is that you owned a pair of nike cortez <laughs> back in uh the mid-70s. I had those exact shoes, yep. So, Steve, <laughs> when you auditioned, did they just take one look at you and just know you were the man? Well, it was funny because I was uh, I was on a sales call, and or I was driving around. I was a sales guy, and I heard on the radio that they were going to open up uh, the Bubba Gump. And, then, and that was when I went, oh, my gosh. I You know, you start thinking about it. And then, like, then I went into a sales call, and I'm um, standing in the lobby waiting for my contact person to come out and the wall street journal was there. And, you know, you just reach down, you pick it up and I open it up just in, not mindlessly to like page a 17. And there was a story about the Bubba Gump restaurant opening up. And so suddenly it was like, Oh my gosh, it's like a sign. And so I contacted the, the corporation, Rusty Pelican, who was planning to open the restaurant and um, contacted them and set up a time to go see them. And as luck would have it, they were all there working, practicing. The restaurant hadn't quite opened yet. And I walked in in my full suit and the place erupted into applause. And I, I just worked <laughs> the tables for the next, you know, 30 minutes. Like I was like, I acted like I already owned the place. And then finally I was like, well, where's my contact person? Who am I supposed to speak to? And I did something uh, smart. Before I went to the meeting, I had three pieces of paper and I had printed out our computers were a lot more primitive. So, you know, we just basically would use some basic word processing at that point. But I created three pieces of paper and it said you could hire me for the grand opening, uh, which is coming up in like three days from now. Or you could hire me for the 17 grand openings that you're going to open in the next four years or you could hire me on the weekends to just sit out front and talk to people. And they ended up hiring me for all three of those things as as it turned out. And uh for 10 years, I worked essentially full-time for them every weekend in Monterey and San Francisco or when they were traveling to different locations, opening a new location for a week or, a week or two at a time. And then, uh, and then the last five years, I started my transition to the speaking business, and I moved to Montana, and so I worked part-time those last five years. And, you know, maybe once a month I was working for them at the, the last couple of years as I began my speaking business. But what's funny is as I started the speaking business, I was a great entertainer and knew how to interact with people, but when I suddenly was, like, hired to, uh, or, or you know, gave a, a presentation, I realized I really didn't have a message. I was a more of like a stand-up comic at the beginning and just using the stuff that I had developed over the years. But a lot of what I had developed over the years was interacting with people. And so now I'm trying to stand up there, give a message, interact with people, but it's a lot different interacting with people as you stand on the stage than it is when you're sitting on a, 
on a bench and, and tourists are coming and going. So my first few years, and the reason why I got involved with the, the, the NSA and the Mountain West chapter specifically, and that's where we met, was that I was trying to figure out, well, what is it I'm going to talk about and how am I going to help organizations solve important problems that they have in today's world using this gift? And that's been the journey of the last few years. So not, not easy, um, but a lot of fun. Hey, have you ever met Tom Hanks? We met once. I auditioned as a photo double for Castaway. Oh. And so uh, there was a group of five of us that they brought in. To, I was living in the Bay Area, and so I flew down to L.A. and, and uh, stood around on the, the set of Castaway. They were filming a scene and waited for him to show up. All of a sudden, there about to be like all this commotion going on. And, and so then he showed up, and we all took our turn standing next to him. He was a uh, very nice. He thanked us all for coming down, and, and we basically just were doing a body double thing, standing next to each other, walking a few steps forward, walking a few steps backwards, turning around. Okay, thank you very much. Next, it took, lasted about five minutes. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. What, what what are some of the lines you use? Can you share some of those with us? My shtick became, you know, hello, I'm Forrest. Forrest Gump. What's your name? And they would tell their name, and then. Uh, where are you from? And then wherever they're from, I had some kind of a, a crazy uh, answer for them. So let's try it, Scott. Where are you from, Scott? I'm from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City? they got big mountains there, don't they? <laughs> and it didn't matter what you said. It would, you, the more ridiculous it was, the, the more people laughed. And it was just fun. It was just pure joy and pure fun. And I'm so grateful that Bubba Gump allowed me to just sit out in front of their restaurants and talk to people for for 15 years. And uh, it was, like I said, it was just fun. People would like sit around the perimeter and watch just because like it was like a steady stream of traffic. And, and people would like sit there. You could see them off in the distance. It was like I was like on like a television show and they were just like watching me <laughs> interact people and the interactions would last from 20 seconds to a minute it was fast non-stop it was basically improv what i was doing so no matter what they said i had something else to come back and say and and uh the really fortunate part is that people young old across racial lines religions the character appealed to everybody i feel fortunate and blessed that i was able to you know just interact with all these people worldwide Right. I mean, it's, it's uncanny how much you look like Tom Hanks. I mean, I just feel like I'm talking to Tom Hanks as I'm talking to you. How do you tie in your world of Tom Hanks and, and uh, Forrest Gump and being back to be Steve Weber again? Because, I mean, your hair is styled like his. Everything you do is like Forrest Gump. How, how do you become Steve again? That, that was, that's a great question, and that's been the challenge of the last few years. And, uh, and so how do I... How do I work with people and get to use Steve and what Steve's skills and Steve's talents were and then retain the magic of the character? And that blending has been the hardest part. Uh, when I worked for Bubba Gump, I was told, stay in character 100%. I was coached early on, never break character, never tell them who you are. And initially that didn't feel right um, because I felt like I was pretending. And then I settled into believing that, okay, that was – uh, the right thing to do, and they were obviously paying me. Uh, but it also became very easy because I was just hiding behind this persona, and I didn't have to be who Steve was. From a, a growth point of view, I did some work in starting around 2009, and for a, a period of years worked with a, a personal development company there where I really 
looked into some of the past things in my life and uh, realized that there were choices I made when I was a teenager that were affecting me. And I essentially decided I was going to be independent as a teenager. I got my feelings hurt. Uh, in this one instant, I thought, okay, that's it. I don't need anybody else. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm this independent guy. And I doubled down on, you know, being independent. So I'm 58 years old today, never been married, uh, moved to California when I was 22 by myself, moved to Montana in 49 when I was, you know, by myself. And so I've lived this life as a speaker. You're, you know, we're, we're independent characters. We're, we're out there working. And so, um, Part of the growth that I had to go through was go back and explore the choices that I had made that I went in that direction of being just this kind of lone guy with a with a shield up around me. And then when I became the impersonator and they said, don't ever break character and don't ever tell them, it was like I was like perfectly positioned <laughs> to do that because I knew exactly what it was. And so as I've grown the last few years, I've developed a, a message of uh, – of responsibility and an opening up myself and the missing piece in terms of where I broke through in the speaking world was when I decided that I had to share myself. So take that wall down. So Steve was an impersonator for many years. Being Forrest was very easy. And now I'm, I'm learning to be open and real and genuine with people. The first time I shared that story publicly, I mean, I was like pure therapy for me. I was shaking, I was nervous, and of course now it's part of what I talk about all the time. So, right. great. Yeah. I love how you share a message of responsibility, and you call it gumption. gumption. I gumption. love that. So tell our <laughs> audience about gumption and, and the message that you share. Gumption is uh, taking personal responsibility for your thoughts, your actions, and your interactions with others. And I say 100% responsibility. So you're responsible for the way you think. That's your mindset. You're responsible for the way you act. And, and that's the way you act is just getting things done on a daily basis, whether it's uh, – uh, you know, doing all the, 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 the menial tasks, the things that you need to do to keep your life going, uh, you know, the, the, the just mundane things where you just have to do what you have to do. And then the interacting with others, you know, that's that's a, a key one. We interact with people all the time. And if we expect other people to be a certain way, you know, that's not that's not living your life with gumption. Uh, we have to accept people as they are and we have to take responsibility for our own interactions with them and not expect them to be responsible for the way we feel that's up to us absolutely love that that's a great message and that's a universal message message for everyone it's what you guys do um but you know you 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 do it in your own special way it's what all of us do um we we try to uh inspire people to to take responsibility for their lives and and how you whether you call it gumption or you know, whether you call it, um, you know, living your life in 22 minutes, you know, everybody has their own spin and brand on it. And that's just really what is making the world so special. We all are special and we all uh, have something to contribute. That's, that's right. cool. That's cool. And I got to ask, a, I thought of this question earlier and I don't want to go off the subject too far. Just to give our, our listeners an idea, you always have this uh, 1960s suitcase in your hand and, and you've got it you've got your box of chocolates inside there. How many chocolates do you go through a year? <laughs> uh, lots. <laughs> I used to, when I, when I worked for Baba Gump, I had to buy like a couple of big bags of the, you know, like Snickers or the little mini ones. And, and, and even then I didn't give them out to everybody. I only mostly gave them out to the kids. And, uh, 
and now nowadays it's it's mostly just you bring a fresh box for each each engagement and you you share a few and you you give the host the uh the box to take home so and it's uh, not the cheap chocolate i've seen your box of chocolate and it's good stuff <laughs> <laughs> i really ought to have a sponsorship deal with you one know. of the chocolate box makers yeah oh absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah so. and these don't have these pro- these boxes probably don't have the details at the top of the box that tells you what's inside because you don't really you can't know what's inside the ch- chocolates right isn't that That's the whole line the you never know what you're going to get <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just like the box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Let me ask you this. When you're speaking to people, do you teach in a way that Forrest Gump would teach your principles? Or do you teach a lot of like your favorite lines from the movie and build upon them? Early on, I, I talked an awful lot about the movie. As I continue the, going down this, this path and this journey of, of developing, it's... Uh, you know, the, the lines from the movie are kind of the spice and the accent to the message that I'm uh, attempting to teach. I I think I've you done the character for so long that it's um, it's not as much fun to just, you know, stay in character and say the lines from the movie any longer. Uh, that's a great introduction. It's a great icebreaker, and I always do a little bit of it, but it's a lot more fun to be Steve at this point. And so I, I prefer being Steve more than Forrest at this point, but I know that... <laughs> Forrest has this special power and magic, and so you know, really, that's been the challenge: is, is blending the two and making it work for for myself and for others. So I, I don't hide behind the character like I used to. And what I find is that about half the people like to call me Steve, and about half the people like to call me Forrest. Whatever they want to do is is perfectly fine. What what are some of the lines you use in your message? Can you share some of those with us? Live your life with gumption is really the the overriding uh, you know message that I want to bring, and that that's what I talk about uh, throughout the entire time that I'm talking. And and so, what does it mean to live your life with gumption? Uh, I also use the the phrase function with gumption, and and that's uh, I tie equate that more with the the responsibility side of it. So mostly, what I do is take people on a journey. And, you know, we all start out just like the movie. We start out as kids and then we we become teenagers and then we go off into the workforce in our first job or the uh, military like like Forrest did. And then we we end up, you know, in the business world and then we have another business and and then we make a gazillion dollars and sit around and mow the lawn for free because there's because it's fun. And (laughs) then. And then someday we get a knock on the door and, and a woman shows up and, and, and she has uh, your son in, in her hands. And so you, you get the shock. Uh, and, and I always tease people. I say, how many, how many of you guys have had that same situation where, you know, your, your son showed up at age four? And then you say, oh, only a few of you in the back. And then everybody turns to the back. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Just That's play funny. with it, and you, you, you. So I like to use the themes of the movie uh, because Forrest was everybody. I mean, the story of Forrest mm-hmm. Gump is the story of of me, the story of you, the story of you, Becky, and it, it's just, um, it's just the, you know, you grow up, and you know, kids throw rocks at you, and and you have friends, and you have people who don't like you and you get your feelings hurt and you you just keep persevering and chugging along and you learn how to make it in the world and you you do what you're told 
uh, and you, you you fit in and you blend in and, and you get lucky breaks. And, and one of the, the main themes that I talk about is the feather. The movie starts when the feather comes out of the sky and lands at the foot of Forrest and Forrest reaches down and picks it up. And the feather is really the opportunities that come into our lives. So we don't ask for them. We, we do ask for them, but they don't show up the way we ask for them to show up. They just show up unexpectedly. And then our choice is to either reach down and grab them and pick them up. So the feathers are the opportunities that come into your life. I, for me, NSA, meeting you guys, that was a feather that came into my life. And, and I didn't know how it was going to manifest itself, how it was going to develop. But, but this feather theme you know, goes throughout my presentation. Um, and, and sometimes you're holding on to a feather and you need to let go of it. And you guys, uh, lived for 17 years at your, your house where you, you raised most, you know, most of the kids. And it was like time to let that go and to move on to the next one. And it's hard to let that go. Um, but you can't open up the space, uh, for new things to come in until you, you know, you clean out the old. And so we, that journey of life, the movie Forrest Gump was nothing more than just one chapter, another chapter, another chapter, and I just think it's great what you guys are doing, where you've 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 raised your family, and now you are you know into this new chapter of helping people, not just not just in your community, but worldwide. And uh, it's um, I'm honored to be part of your world. Thank you. Thank we're you, we're Steve. honored to have you here, and and may we all live life with with gumption. You're great, Steve. We love you, buddy, and uh, just appreciate all you do for us. I have to end by saying. I'm getting kind of tired. I think I'll go home now. And that was the line that Forrest was running across America mm-hmm. for three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours. And there's that big group of people that were following him. And, and he stops, and then he turns around and faces the group. And the, and the leader of the group goes, quiet, he's going to say something. And it's such a funny scene because yep. he hadn't said anything in all these years, and all these people are following him. And, he, <laughs> and all he says is, I'm kind of tired. I think I'll go home now. And then he walks through the crowd, and they open up, and the, and the leader says, Great. Now what are we supposed to do? <laughs> you know, don't be one of those people who follow blindly, you know, but follow people who are, are going in a, you know, Forrest was going in a great direction, but, but he, Forrest didn't even know why he was going in that direction, but people followed him anyway. So our job as speakers and leaders in the community is to, to lead people and to encourage them and bring them up. What a great ending to great, our great line. I, I know I've, I, that, that's the one minutes. ending. He's got one more ending. What do you, what do you have to say about it, buddy? That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Good talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.